0: good morning family so good to be with you in your houses um hopefully soon very soon we are trusting the lord we can meet in person again um but for now let's pray together father in the name of jesus this is your word jesus this is what you said it's not my opinion um not my any man's opinion but this is what you said so come lord with your word and come change us come challenge us um come shake our wills um come come take us out of our comfort zones so that our lives can be glorifying you can be drawn closer to you so that we can be drawn closer to you in the name of jesus i thank you for your word that never returns to us void but always goes out and comes back for what it was sent for in the first place lord come with your word and break every yoke break every mindset uh, every heart heart come and make it soft again in the name of jesus we thank you for that lord amen and amen it's so good to be with you so i want to just jump right in about what jesus has been saying so in today's modern life we have access to many many wealthy people in the world even though we and i don't mean access in the sense that we walk into the house and, and enter in their house and just sit down and have a cup of coffee with them um, but but we have access to them in the sense that wealth are so glorified in the world today that we can google this person or google that person who is wealthy and we will be able to read about their story on how they came from rags to riches it's usually inspiring and encouraging the story of, of people. And at the same time, to read how this person once had nothing and worked his way all to the top, it encourages you. It, it almost makes you want to say, uh, I, I can do it. If this person can do it, I can do it myself. But in today's life, even with all the wealthy people we have access to, a lot of them are wealthy and yet are still fools. In other words, they are wealthy, but they have gained no wisdom with that wealth. Now, you might think that, that, that this is an odd statement to make because you need wisdom to produce wealth. Is that not so? But let me, let me remind you this morning that, that that which the world sees as wisdom is foolishness to God. And that which God sees as wisdom, the world deems as foolishness now think about that for a moment and and walk over with me if you have your Bibles with you um, uh, click swipe turn depending on depending on what kind of Bible you have with you um, with me um, to one of Jesus's parables in Luke chapter 12 verse 15 to 21 and let's see what Jesus means by calling this wealthy man a fool or foolish let's read together Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Jesus then replied to the man, this guy was interrupting Jesus while he was teaching. Uh, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, The ground of a certain man A certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, So, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink. And be merry, but God said to him, "Fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Then, who, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself, and is not rich toward God." Jesus had just taught on our great value to God and on the importance of standing for Him in the previous verses. In the midst of this teaching, a man interrupted Jesus to ask that he take his side in a financial dispute he had with his brother. Now, according to the law of the day, the elder brother received two thirds of the inheritance and the younger brother would receive one third. Now, this man did not ask Jesus to listen to both sides and make a righteous judgment. He asked Jesus to take sides with him against his brother and that was the norm where where people when they have a dispute with someone they would ask their rabbi to give input in that so obviously jesus jesus's previous words about the need for full commitment and god's care for us didn't penetrate this man's heart at that moment he felt he needed to fight for what was his Morgan, a great commentator, said the following of this man who asked Jesus this question. He said, if each of them learned the real meaning of life, sought as its chief endeavor to be reached toward God, the question of possessions would settle itself. He continues to say, he says, the one would be eager to share, um, while the other would be careless about receiving. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he or she possesses. This is the overall principle that Jesus will develop in the following teaching of material things. When we live with the attitude that our life consists of what we possess, we live in covetousness and covetousness is idolatry. So be careful to live in a life Which your attitude is formed by the things you possess Because then those things will become idols to you Now the man in the story Jesus told in today's passage Got very, got rich very quick because of the fertile soil he was blessed with He had so much money that he decided to not work anymore and retire early he would be able to live on what he had made for the rest of his life without needing to lift another finger to work wow that sounds pretty nice that sounds very comfortable to be at a very young age to have made enough so that you don't have to so that you can retire early i think that's what many people i've spoken to over my life is as desired for wants to achieve they want to retire early and travel the world with the money they make or or buy houses or however, and there's nothing wrong with that. And this man was at the point where his money made money for him. So his money went to work and made more money for him. That's how much money he made, if you read through the commentaries in the context um, of, of, of the modern day wealthy guy in that time. And this man was a made man, and yet with all the wealth he had, he was still, Jesus still called him a fool. Because he missed two things. Yes. It is, imp- it is possible for wealthy people to be foolish. Here's the one thing. First thing that he missed. He left God out of his plans. In other words, he didn't live within any awareness of eternity. He only lived for today. Being comfortable. Spending his money. Living of what he worked. In one night... All this man's accomplishments and plans were ruined. He made business plans and life plans and all these future plans, but could not control the day of his death. And all his accomplishments and plans were instantly nothing. It didn't mean anything anymore. This man was a fool. Jesus called him a fool, not because he was rich, but because he lived without any awareness of and preparation for eternity. Be careful that you don't become so busy making money and developing more than one income stream that you lose sight on eternity. That you forget who has the might to give you the wealth in the first place. We get so busy and caught up with the things of this world that we forget that at the end of the day it is Jesus Christ who gives us these things. These things come at the hand of God and not from our own hard work power because the man on the street who picks up rubbish and sweeps the street works just as hard as the man sitting in the air office but yet it's God who decides whom he gives 1 chronicles chapter 29 verse 11 to 12 says this David it's David's prayer David is praying here and he says yours O Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and give strength to all. Some translation says it is in your hand that men are given strength. To make or create riches. It comes out of God's hand. This man owed his life. He owed his livelihood. And he owed his wealth to God. But most of all he owed his soul to God. But with making all this money and all this wealth. Somewhere along the line. Because he didn't account for God's plans in his plans. He lost his soul. While he was chasing after wealth. Family, as Christians, as believers, we live in a very difficult time where we are unsure of the future. We are unsure of our financial futures. Uh, many people are, being, uh, are losing jobs and all these things. And, and we are tempted with get-rich-quick schemes, things that can make us money quick and fast. And I want to say to you, I want to encourage you, be careful of those things. Be careful that you don't lose your soul and your salvation When you are chasing after the wealth of this world. Because you will be foolish as this man is. Everyone would think that this man in the parable was a great success. But God said he was a fool for not including God in this. Eternity provided the man a fool. And his story showed that it isn't only sin to give material things to a high of a place in your life, but it is also stupid, foolish to give material things, things that are temporary, things that won't even be able to go with you to heaven when you leave this earth. The rich man in the parable thought it was all for him. These things that he've made. These things that he've accomplished. All this money. All this wealth. He said it was all for him. He said it's my crops. It's my bonds. It's my goods. It's my soul. Everything was about him. And nothing was about God. And that's where we need to be careful of when we are chasing wealth. Again, I say this many times. I don't have any issues with wealth. But the more you have, the bigger the price it is that you have to pay. Um, It was provided in the end that nothing was his, even his own soul was subjected to God. He didn't have any crops in the first place. He didn't have any barns, any goods, because he couldn't even take that with him when he left the plains of the earth. He came into this earth as a beggar and he will leave this earth with nothing as a beggar. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The man's problem was not that in in, in that he had treasure on earth, but that he was not rich towards God. And that was the second mistake he made. And that was the second reason why Jesus called this man foolish or a fool. But what does it look like to be rich towards God? What does it look like? How does it look like? Well, to be rich toward God will help us not make the same mistakes this wealthy person made by not leaving God out of our plans, but rather including and asking counsel from Him for whatever we plan for the future, whether it's business or private. This man's problem was not in that he had treasure on earth, but that he was not rich towards God in that. My friend, my question to you today is do you still go for counsel with God when you are about to make business decisions? When last have you prayed and seek God's face to ask, Lord, should I start a business with this person? Should I start the business with that person? Lord, I want to do this, I want to sell these things. This is my business. Instead of just asking, Lord, bless my business or bless my plans, Lord, is this part of your will and your plan for my life? When last. Have we asked God's counsel on these things? Do you still include God in your future plans, whether you are starting a business or planning something for the future? You see, the mistake we as people make is we become clever. We go and read things up and we go and talk to people. And in some cases, they are not even godly people. And we take their advice and say, but God has spoken to me. And as a matter of fact, when we really ask God, we realize that God has not even said that. Do you still pray for breakthrough before you start up a business or when you struggle with something in your business? Maybe there's some product or something that you cannot manage to sell. Have you went to go and ask God? Not just say, Lord, please bless my business. Lord, why am I struggling in my business? Lord, why is my business struggling? Lord, why is there a holdage? Why am I struggling so much to do business? Have you ever went into fasting and praying and said, Lord, I refuse. You gave me this business. You gave me this opportunity. I refuse to close this down. You have called me for this. So I'm going into fasting and praying and trusting you for a breakthrough for whatever you have given me. When last, family. Instead of just praying about things and asking God to bless what you are about to do, do you actually wait to hear from Him on what He has to say about your plans? Or do we just go ahead and assume because He has said nothing, He is okay with what we are about to do? Family, I'm calling on Christians. I'm calling on believers I'm calling on those who is listening to the sermon right now. It's time that we as believers rise up and start praying for our businesses. Start praying for our plans. Bring it before God's counsel and actually wait for God to talk back to us about what we want to do. We will see less Christians' businesses close. We will see more believers making an impact in our economy in South Africa, in our local economy, our national economy, and our international economy. Christians would then be the, the most sought after people to wanting to do business with Because they do business with God and not on their own strength. They've got integrity. They are people of prayer. And even if a non-believer does business with a a believer, that non-believer will prosper because of the Christian's God whom they counsel. That is what God wants. That is what God has in store for us. And in that way, many people in the business world will come to Christ because of the life of the believer and the way the believer in Christ does business. Is God speaking to you today? Is God touching you today? God is calling the church to change the way they do business. To look differently at how you do business. Not the same way as the world. We don't see Jesus doing anything or making any move without consulting the Father first. Because whatever he did and whatever he planned had eternal value. Christian, child of God, believer. Your business, which you have or wants to start up, has the potential to have eternal value because you are a child of God and God will be part of that business. But it loses its eternal value once the only focus, uh, once it only focuses on enriching ourselves and leaving God out of the business. How much more us, especially in the times we live in, Should we not also run with every plan and thought to Jesus asking him for his counsel and his input in it and actually waiting on him to reply, waiting for him to move. Say, Lord, I won't move unless you move in this business before me. Lord, I won't sign this contract unless I've heard from you to sign that I can go ahead and sign this contract. I'm challenging every businessman, every entrepreneur, every businesswoman, every entrepreneur that's listening to this message to go back to God with your business. I'm calling you to go back to God, to go lay it before the Lord. Repent of the deals that you have done beforehand and say, L- Now, Lord, you lead my business. I challenge you to do that. I dare you to do that and see how God delivers your business and turns your, 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 your ways into God's ways of doing business. Secondly, we may become rich toward God by sacrificial giving to those in need. Now, I spoke in quite some detail about this last week, so I won't be repeating this again. But you are welcome to go and listen to last week's sermon on our YouTube page and, and, and on our website and, and also um, on, on, on Facebook, on our Facebook page which uh, most of you will be watching this sermon on. So just go back uh, 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 to last week and you will see, I've I've spoken quite extensive about giving sacrificially. We also, a third uh, way to become rich toward God is also by, by trusting in Jesus for every necessary thing. This is about being fully dependent upon Him for everything. Right in the next verse, Jesus, about this passage, after he finished, Jesus says the following to his disciples. He says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on, in some translations, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. This is Jesus' words, meaning greed and worry are closely connected. Greed can never get enough. Worry is afraid it will never have enough. Neither have their eyes on Jesus. In Jesus' own words, he says, Don't worry about these things. I've got you, fam. I've got your back. You are my children. I will provide for you. Don't worry about these things. And if you worry, pray that God gives your mind the peace that surpasses all understanding. So that you can stop worrying and stop having sleepless nights about these things. I want to challenge you today, this morning. What is that one thing that makes you worry that gives you sleepless nights? I want to encourage you to give it to Jesus. You can cast your burdens unto Jesus for He cares for you. Cast it. Put it on Him. Don't take your burdens back as soon as you are done, praying. Learn the discipline when you put your burdens at the cross. To leave it there. To remind yourself constantly when worry comes up in your mind. Where you tell yourself, I have put my burdens in the hands of Jesus. He loves me and he will take care of me. And you will see the salvation of the Lord in your life like never before. That's the Jesus who we serve. One commentator commented the following about this verse. He says, we cannot obscure the fact that earthly riches often keep us from going after heavenly riches as we should. Paul wrote. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts. Which draw which drown men in destruction and perdition. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9. Most of us are afraid of poverty. We should be afraid of wealth. Wealth can cause you to lose your way. That's why I always say don't make the mistake of confusing the blessing of God with material wealth only. That's the biggest mistake. That's only partial and temporary. The true blessing of God is spiritual and you have to walk in the spirit in an actual relationship with Jesus Christ to see and accept those kind of blessings, so that those kind of blessings actually make sense to you. And finally, John Wesley, one of the famous preachers before our time, taught and lived wisely regarding riches. He said that you should earn as much as you can, save as much as you can, and give away as much as you can. I want to conclude by saying my prayer for our church has always been that they will be that that that, that our people will be financially prosperous. That's my desire. That they will have more than enough financially, that that they will that our people will know no lack in their finances and that they will be financially well off. But I want to add something to this prayer after this week, when I studied this passage. I want to add by praying that our people will be wise enough not to make the same mistake this rich fool made by excluding God out of his plans and not by consulting with God about the future of their business, their lives, and their companies. Secondly, that we as a church would become rich toward God, whether we become rich through our giving or rich through our doing, because that is where our true riches lie. That is where our true treasure lies. It's in God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you've spoken to us. Father, thank you that you've edified us. Lord, thank you that you've touched us. Lord thank you Lord that you've given us a new perception a new way of doing business in this world. Lord I pray that we won't lose heart and that we won't lose faith. I pray that you would that you would awaken our business people the desire to include you in all of their plans so that we might not we might we might we don't want to be wise in the world's eyes and yet foolish in your eyes. Our desire is to be wise in your eyes because we do what you, Told us to do. And that is to counsel with you. And that is to realize that everything comes from you. And that is to know that, uh, that, that our material possessions also belongs to you. Father, I pray that you would bless each and every business person. Each and every person that's an entrepreneur. Each and every person that's looking for a job. Bless them. Give them what their heart desires. But above all, I pray that people in our church and those listening would reach a place where they would counsel you there, where they would seek your counsel in prayer, and fasting. When we want to open businesses and do all these things, we ask this in your precious matchless name. Lord, thank you that you are God and that you provide and that you are in control, that you give the strength to men that gives them wealth and make them great financially. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, God bless you. God keep you. May He make His face shine upon you. And may He give you peace. Until we meet next time. Amen.